guys, and Matthew was napping because he's a baby. He needs his <laughs> needs his beauty sleep. I do need my sleep. It's pa- I was telling my wife that if it's past nine o'clock, he becomes a pumpkin. He's like, mm-hmm. it's past nine o'clock. I need to go do it. I'm, I'm not a late night person. And then it's like two o'clock or noon. We come back and he's like, I need to go take a nap. All right, welcome back to the From Field to Plate podcast. Today, I'm here with uh, two of my favorite little munchkins, uh, the Gill Brothers, and we're going to talk all about uh, their first turkey hunt. Uh, You've heard from them before on different things that we've done a part of, but I had the privilege of going up to Texas or over to Texas, I don't know, from California to Texas, and uh, being a part of their first turkey hunt. So we're going to talk about that kind of today and just kind of get into that because it's turkey season, and why not? Even if you're listening to this off of turkey season, Get fired up for turkey. So welcome, Matthew and Cody. I said Matthew first because if I didn't say his name first, he'd probably cry a little bit. So <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Thanks for having us back on. Yeah. So uh, as you guys know, I'm starting this new podcast uh, from Field to Plate Podcast, all about real real people, real stories, real food. So, um, But I know I'm going to start something, and I've been doing this with everybody I've been talking to so far. I'm going to ask you all four questions before we get started, just as an icebreaker for people to get to know you. Uh, ask or answer them as honestly as you can or make it up. I really could care less. Uh, comedy is better than truth sometimes. So, uh, y'all okay. can, y'all That's can take good. them together. You can take one at a time. You can be like, uh, pass. Just want Cody to answer that one. But first and foremost, uh, since it's all about from field to play podcast, what meal is your favorite that you've ever eaten? Like what is your favorite meal you've ever had? This can be one your mom made, your grandpa made one you've made. One you had at a Walmart parking lot. Like, I don't care. What's your favorite meal you've ever eaten? Favorite meal, huh? Godfather meatloaf. Explain the Godfather meatloaf. I I know what it is, but for people listening, they have no idea what it's about. It is a meatloaf that has ham, Swiss, and sometimes turkey rolled into it with a brown sugar, ketchup, barbecue sauce type thing on it. So it's like a meatloaf roulade. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, pretty yeah. much. It's meat, meatloaf roulade, and shoot, my mom's made it for as long as I can remember, and it's one of my favorite things to eat. Another thing that you, the next day. you'll also know that as a Sicilian meatloaf, um, oh. if people don't know, but Godfather meatloaf, Sicilian meatloaf, it's that Italian meatloaf, so I, right. I like it, and I one day I'll eat it with you. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Um, I don't know. Mine's like really simple, like just grilled cheese. I love grilled cheese. And that's funny now, right? Because I can't eat cheese. But, like, I love grilled cheese. And, like, with a bowl of tomato soup where you could, like, dunk mm. it. And, mm. That's my favorite cold weather. Like, we're out in the middle of the desert riding yeah. motorcycles. We come back. And it's, like, you get a really good sourdough. So it's, like, nice, nice and crunchy mm-hmm. with a nice tomato yeah. soup. Mm. Mm. All I right. love it. Second one. What is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? That one's deep. Failure. You like that one? That, that one's that oof. one's deep. Woo. Gonna grab the souls with this one. Cheers. Biggest failure, huh? And Let's what you learned from it. So it's not just like, oh, this is my failure, but like a failure that you learned from and grew from. Yeah. Okay. Man. Hmm. That one's interesting. Hold on, I don't wait. know it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. I'm gonna have to come back to that one because like I don't know. Man, I, off the top of my head, I'm 
I'm too awesome. I don't know. Wow. Uh, Ego. Ah. Well, all right. We'll come back to it, but I'm telling you, that's a, yeah, that's a come deep back one to because one. again, that's a very deep one. I think it's that failure that you learn from. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. So it's like, not like, I don't know. All right. If you won $10 million tomorrow, how would you spend it today? You got to spend it all in one day. How would you spend it? I would buy a ranch, not a giant ranch, a big enough ranch to enjoy and not cause myself to overwork. And then I would just like hang out with the rest of my money and buy some crazy animals like uh, ostrich and stuff. And I'd come shoot it. That's right. I would go about the same route. I'd find a place about an hour from here, two to 300 acres. Then there's wild game auctions almost every day here. So I could go find some crazy animals right now. You'd be like, it's Tuesday. It's zebra day. We're going to go shoot exactly. a zebra. Kangaroo, bring it. <laughs> uh, yeah. well, kangaroos are Friday, not... Uh... Not on Tuesdays, you know, so. Oh, well, today's Friday, today's Kangaroo Friday, so. Yeah, yeah, it's Kangaroo Friday here. So a couple of the people I've already talked to, they've all said buy a ranch, which is kind of funny when you talk to people because it's like, I'm, I'm waiting for the person like, oh, I'm going to go buy a car, but it's like, buy a ranch, then you can just do what you want on your ranch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, it would be buy a ranch, but it would be create a, like, butcher house that is bigger than the normal house. Like, just think of, like, what, like an industrial kitchen for my butchering and my yes. cooking. Like, your your house is three thousand square feet. The butcher facility and walk in freezer is like five thousand square feet. Like yes. Screw it. All right. Um, what is an insult you've received that you're proud of? Ooh. Uh I don't know if it was meant as an insult. Probably not. It's kind of the whole leprechaun hunter type thing, because I'm not very tall. And you, are, you are not I mean, you are not very I've cute. been this I've been this short my entire life. It ain't going to hurt my feelings. And no. So you're proud of being little. Yeah. Good. Pays off at times. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of feel that one. I don't, I think that's kind of the same route because everyone talks about how short we are. Some people joke about it. Even at work today, this morning, there was jokes about other people that were shorter than us and we got dragged into it yeah. and it's, just it's whatever now like we're little it is what it is it used to make me so mad yeah i'm not an angry person <laughs> like i used to be <laughs> Yo, wait a second hold on yeah no I, <laughs> yeah no I this, he knows he's gonna knock the microphone yeah, on this on this new board i have all these fun buttons uh i was gonna do <laughs> <laughs> all right well i i agree i think for a lot of people looking at those two like your biggest failure um and then your biggest uh, insult. I think that's, that's keys. Cause a lot of times we let insults define who we are. And especially in this industry, this culture of hunting, we get insulted a lot on killing a small buck or killing whatever. And so we yep. can actually take that and we're actually proud of that. And so that's kind of where I want to go because it's funny to see what people are saying. Like for you being short, um, a lot of people are very frustrated with that, with that small dog mentality, but you both are like, screw it. I own it. And I'm, ex I'm accepting it and I'm proud of who I am, what I am. So that being said, those are kind of the questions. You guys can come back to your failure if you want to. Um, I got it. Oh, you got it? Yeah. Out of it. Oh, go for it. Being lactose intolerant. <laughs> like, no, really. But like it becoming lactose intolerant, right? It It's helped me change how I cook and learn new things about cooking, which not that it's a failure or anything because my stomach just decided one day it's not going to handle dairy. That is what it is, but 
because of that, I've had to improvise and learn different things, different ways. You can't just go buy a can of cream of mushroom anymore to make a dish with. I have to make my own cream of mushroom. I didn't know how to do that. So it's helped me in a sense to give me a different confidence in the kitchen and different creative creativity in my own mind by becoming lactose intolerant. Sort of yeah. like me and, and beef. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mine's a little different on that one. Uh, as soon as we got off the topic, I thought of it. It went to uh, shoot about uh, 10, 12 years ago. I shot a bunch of rabbits. <laughs> like I wouldn't call it a failure, but the most disappointed I think I've ever seen my dad in me. Uh, at our ranch, I went and killed a bunch of rabbits with two buddies and we just left them because didn't know any better. And we just wanted to go kill things. So we did. So we went and shot a whole bunch of rabbits, then got chewed out for it. Well-deserved. And, uh, no, that's kind of when that switch went off and it changed from the killing aspect to, okay, I'm actually going to get more invested in this. I've, I've been blessed enough to hunt my entire life to where I could go do, I can go hunt pretty much whenever I wanted during legal hunting season. And yeah, that kind of switched it on. I don't care how big the deer is. And I, I really just want to eat it and nothing goes to waste now from the esophagus on deer to dog treats. And I use absolutely everything I can now from every animal. Wow, I wonder who you learned that from. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Only there was some way Only to if pinpoint. There was some that. way to pinpoint that if you're watching the video, I'm pointing to myself. Um, anyway, well, let's get into your guys's first turkey hunt, and let's start off with kind of like what got you to want to do the turkey hunt. Um, like, what was that first drive to be like? You know what, I want to go because for me, I think it's funny that you guys live where you live, and like Matt, you shot your first pig. And you guys both shot your first turkey. Like if I lived where you guys lived, it'd be like free game. Right. But kind of like, what was your guys' drive to get into turkey hunting and kind of your first experience with turkey? I know Cody, your first experience was with me last year, but like what got you guys into that and what made you want to do this in the first place? So, I mean, I've, I enjoy hunting last year was pretty cool experience getting to go with y'all and see how it's done. And, get that side of it you know and i would say even last year with where where y'all hunted it's a totally different terrain it was a way different way to go about it you know um just just the setups and everything was a little different but and it didn't help when we were hunting this this year it was super windy and that wasn't something we had to deal with last year but anyways Last year just kind of lit a fire. I really enjoyed being out there and being part of a different type of hunting experience. Um, and then getting to do it ourselves, like, that was that was a lot of fun. Like I said, we'd never done anything like that before. And uh, really to see the full ins and outs of it and everything, like, that was that was really cool. I was excited for it. All right. Well – with turkeys, I've I've never even seen a turkey in the wild until we went. Um, we have them on our ranch, just not a lot of them. Um, kind of like I said earlier, I've been blessed to grow up hunting whitetail. That's what we mostly have. Um, not a lot of pigs out there yet. 
and never seen a turkey. Cody's seen a couple of them, but we've never gone out there just to chase turkeys. Um, when Cody got back from hunting with y'all last year, he talked about it and kind of summed it up as uh, it's kind of like duck hunting, just not cold and wet. And I am all for that. And being able to hunt something that I've never hunted was a lot of fun. Like going up to Wyoming and hunting antelope, never done that, never hunted in Wyoming. It's a whole different mindset of how we've hunted my entire life. I've had one mindset of hunting my entire life and then changing it up. It's so much fun. It's like, I'm a brand, brand new hunter in the world and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I love that. It's the whole change of pace and just getting to experience something new. Yeah. And I think it was fun for me being on that other end of watching you guys get excited about it because you guys are hunters and you do understand the mindset mentality of hunting, but when you're hunting turkeys, it's different, right? right? And there's this, this mindset that goes from not driving a truck and looking for deer to sitting and waiting and calling in this animal. Um, and you guys got to kind of see my passion for it and my drive for it that, you know, I, I love turkeys and I love everything about turkeys and I love talking to Turkey. Um, and so for me to be invited on that was a lot of fun. And again, a memory that I'll, I'll have forever. So let's kind of get into more about that hunt. I mean, we started out, uh, that first morning we got, we got to, uh, this ranch, um, and we kind of just didn't know much about this ranch, right? We had pictures and videos from, from the guy who owned the ranch hunter. Um, but kind of like, tell us your guys's thought about the first gobble at the ranch and kind of like getting set up in that morning and kind of like go through the tail of the tape type aspect. Well, even before, even before we got out to the blind and everything, the night before when we got there, going out and out calling and, you know, just, just the locating of the birds. That was pretty cool. You know, uh, go out and see where they're at. And that way we could get an idea of their hunter head pictures, you know, where the birds had been going through different areas. He had caught them on camera. So we knew if we out called where they would start in the morning and then we could kind of game plan on where we need to sit and how we need to hunt them. So that was, that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that, how there was more strategy involved in setting up, not just going, sitting in a blind, sit at a feeder, wait for it to go off type thing. It's, it's really finding where they're starting and trying to catch them along their way that morning and their morning routine, their morning, whatever, you know, that was pretty cool. So what Cody's yeah. talking about is what we do as Turkey hunters is the night before or nights before we, what we're trying to do is we're trying to locate that bird in its roost in the tree. And so we'll go out and we'll make crow calls, owl calls, um, and those birds will gobble on the roost and that'll kind of give us a pinpoint of where the bird is. Cause the bird's going to stay there all night long and then where we're going to set up in the morning. So that's kind of what he's talking about. If you're, if you're sitting there going, what is he like? I've never turkey hunted. I don't know what he's talking about. That's what it is. We're trying to roost that bird so that we can find out where that bird is. We can start patterning that bird. We know that on camera, they walk through here at nine o'clock, but where do they start? You know, they're going to fly down at sun at sunrise. Where do they start their day? And that's where we want to set up as close to that starting point as we can. Absolutely. Um, going into the next morning, uh, we went and got set up. Then we had them, I say we, you had them talking back to us. Uh, 
which was really fun. That was really, really cool to experience for the first time. Um, we had them talking to us for probably, shoot, a good 30 minutes. They were making their way, getting closer and closer. Um, had all the decoys set up. Then all of a sudden, they just shut up. Then 10, 15 minutes later, we had that coyote running. Uh, ran straight to the decoys, then found out why they showed up. Um, you and Cody crawled out of the blind and started making your way up toward through that little cut back towards where we last heard the birds. And I got lucky enough to where that Tom came around from a side that I couldn't even see. Uh, he came straight into the decoys and shoot, I looked up and it took me a minute to realize that, oh, that that is a real bird. I thought it was a fake bird for a minute. Um, but y'all were shoot 150 yards away from me, sitting down in the brush and you hit your call. He fanned out and started working right there, 15 yards in front of me. It's one of the coolest things I've gotten to see. I've been close to deer, but that was something special to see. And as soon as he fanned up, he presented me a shot and I was able to take a shot and get a bird on the ground, which was it's incredible. I took a video right after that and sent it to y'all of being able to do that. That's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I think what, why, you know, why I moved and I I told you this a little bit, but it's to kind of change up what we were doing. But I, I made one of you sit there because of the fact that that bird knows where we were calling all morning. He knows that we're there, but we also heard another bird on the other side of the property and so when we sat down with Cody, I said, Hey, I'm going to call. I knew directly where we were in front of you. And we do it all the time in the mountains. Like I was telling you is where we'll walk a hundred yards away and leave someone there and we'll call. Cause what that'll do is that'll bring that bird closer uh, because now it doesn't hear the call where it was. It hears it farther. So now they're going to try to make that way to it. And then they usually get caught up in the decoys cause they're like, Oh, found you. Um, and that's exactly what happened. It played out, you know, perfectly that, Perfect. it, that it could have done that way. And you know, it worked out to the fact that it can't, I said, we're not, the bird's going to come out here. I said it a couple times and it, it played it out perfectly. And I'm just sad. I wasn't there to watch it happen, but I got to see the cool video right afterward. And I got to see the bird and the feathers everywhere, which made me happy. Um, <laughs> and I say that because not to make fun of Matt for blowing all the feathers off the back, but walking over there and just seeing them blow in the wind was just an instant gratification of like, dinner's here success. type mentality, success aspect of it. So no, I think that's, that, that was, that was a lot of fun on, on my end. It's just that jealousy factor of not sitting there and yeah. watching you shoot the bird, but not at all because it was that fact that I was there working that bird still from different angles and that kind of stuff. So no, it's a, mm-hmm. and it's a gorgeous bird. It's behind, if you're watching the video, it's the one, yeah. right that out, one, that one right behind him. So it, those Rios, you can't really tell it just by sitting in the blind. Uh, when you get up on them, they have so many colors on them. That's it's the coolest thing. If, if you've never turkey hunted, I highly recommend doing it. It's man, it's fun. I'm we're talking about it, and I'm ready to go right now. Well, I told you to go. You're only two hours yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then we go. We go over. Matt shoots his bird. We go over and start cleaning his bird and actually doing some filming um, over by this big pond they had with some gorgeous trees some live oaks that we were hanging the bird up, taking some footage. And uh, then insanity ensued. And I'll let Cody talk about his insanity. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. We we were getting ready to start filming plucking of Matt's bird. We were filming plucking. We Yeah, yeah, we, we were, were filming. Yeah, 
we had just got started plucking and I, I set down my camera, moved the tripod over closer to us. So all three of us could really start getting dirty and start pulling feathers. And we all heard a gobble, but we all second guessed it at the same time and just kind of looked around like, it's funny because it, it's, right? it's on like, video. That, that, that was a gobble, right? Okay. Yeah. So we went back, uh, Jeremiah and I went back over to the, to the buggy he hit the call a couple times and we heard him again so we loaded up ran ran over there basically followed the little trail got up in some tree line hit the call a few more times seen one way out good ways out and uh he worked his way into some more thick brush so we closed the gap on and moved up i moved up first got up there called you up and said, you know, scoot on up, looked out again and seen them working again. So I crawled up there on all fours to the next group of bushes and sat there. What felt like eternity. I'm pretty sure it was only like four minutes. And a half. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But I, it felt like I was there forever. Everything was in slow motion. It was cool. And then, uh, I look, I'm like, I've got my back to the bushes to where I'm we're facing each other, you know, and I look over my left shoulder and there's two Jake's just hauling across the field. I mean, they were moving across and, uh, so they finally, you know, cross where I thought, you know, they couldn't see me. I couldn't see them no more. So I'm thinking they're going to cross where you'd be able to see them. And, uh, and then I get up on my knees and I'm, trying to look through the bush and everything and you called me and uh we were talking i was like yeah i can i can see a couple of them over there i don't know if i can get a good shot on them and then there was one probably 30 yards past the bush i'm sitting in and he was working his way to the right and you, and you told me if you can get around by crawling around the bush and stay low if he gives you a shot with you know 30 yards you'll get him so i did exactly that you know I crawled around the edge of the bush, waited, and he just came out working his neck, smoked him, and that that was it was awesome. If I wasn't if I wasn't crawling for the hunt, it wasn't worth it. Just like in Wyoming. Yeah, and I think it was it was yeah it was yeah, but you didn't have you know horses. horses I didn't have horses smelling you, me. You just had me smelling you. But yeah. what he left out is the bird we saw in the beginning isn't the bird he shot. Oh yeah. Um, I'm back at one bush because the bushes aren't that big. And so we kind of like leapfrogged up to try to get into the realm of this Turkey. The Turkey he was actually going for crossed right in front of Cody, like maybe 30 yards, just walked right in front of him. But the way Cody was crawling in, he couldn't see it. I'm bird calling. I'm whistling, trying to get him to turn around. And the bird just went right by and I'm like, Oh gosh, we just missed our opportunity. Right. And then that's when we get up there and I was like, you see any of the birds? Like, yeah, there's one right there. And I'm like, get on your belly, crawl around that bush. Cause the grass was, the grass was high enough that yep. you were down low enough that they weren't going to see you. And it worked out. I mean, it couldn't have worked out better unless we had that perfect shot on camera. Um, yeah. But the way it worked was just beautiful. And I'm glad it did because the next starting that afternoon, the wind kicked into 40 miles an hour and no see anything and Turkey hunting went out the window. Um, except for we did see some hens in some other areas yeah, of that property. Yeah, we did see a bunch of hens. Um, but 
yeah, so to me it was awesome because to see the excitement that you guys had when those birds hit the ground was, I mean, I've shot so many turkeys now that it's still exciting, but when you see a first person shoot their first bird and actually pick up that bird and see how heavy that bird is. Yeah. And the colors, like Matt was saying, every, I mean, I've got behind me, I have all the subspecies of turkeys that I shot last year and they're all different colors and they're all different vibrance and they're all different tones and hues. And from, you know, the Osceola on the bottom to, the Miriam's on top, just the size and color and all that kind of stuff. So it is this addiction that I will say is part of turkey yeah. hunting. And, Without a doubt. But, so, but yeah, then maybe we, we got to go back to camp and we got to show you guys about plucking, skinning, all that kind of stuff. We started making some meals and kind of keep going on your guys' turkey hunting adventure for us. Yeah. And gutting it, I want to talk about that. It's just because it's like a giant dove. We've, you're a bird hunter. Um, We've grown up shooting dove. That was our first hunts was dove hunting. And all we always did was breast the dove, but you still breasting it. You still get to see how it is, the inside of it. Turkey's just a big dove, pretty much. Yeah. On cleaning it, except you can stick your whole arm in it. Instead of just breasting it, you pluck it. And it's yeah. Man, it was it was so easy. I was ready for it to be honestly a little more difficult than what it was. Uh removing the beard that took three seconds. Well, yeah, but a lot of people make that whole process a lot harder because they don't watch it. They don't understand it, you know? Yeah. Seeing it done, it was, it's stupid easy. And it's a lot cleaner process than what we're used to as well. Yeah. I mean, usually, I mean, cleaning the whitetail, you're covered head to toe in blood. and Mm. uh, It's it's an incredible time, but with a turkey, I mean, you, you only have blood up to like your wrist on one hand. And you don't even need to have that. You can... Yeah. Cut that opening and shake out all the stuff. But Yeah, and shake it out, and then it's good. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's not... It, it was so normal. easy to do, and it was mind-blowing to think, okay, if you want to mount it, it, it's not that hard. No. It's, nothing needs to be made super complicated about it. Yeah, but, um, when, but your mounting is different than most people's mounting. I was like, Matt, get off that bird. Like, it's not. <laughs> hey. And he's like, if you want to mount it, it's easy. It like, can't mount it twice. It's okay. <laughs> get off that bird. Once this happened in the field. <laughs> yeah, that's Y'all why, that's why he was so was that's why he was so excited with the video. He's <laughs> yeah. like, oh my gosh, I gotta go mount this bird. Yeah. Hey, it's the size of me. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. I'm not like the wingspan of the bird. That it yeah. was so much bigger than I was ready for. Yeah. And being able to see it work was just it was beautiful. That there's not really any other way I can put it besides it was beautiful to see this bird come in. I knew exactly what the bird was thinking, but man, it was cool. I I'm just at a loss for words for it. It I'm ready to get do it, go do it again. Yeah, it was. I mean, getting to pull it all apart and and all that. I mean, I got to see that last year, right? But that was a very quick process. The way you did it last year, trying to get everything put together um and there's a whole group of people last year and i was just holding the camera getting getting footage and stuff so getting to be the the one that got dirty doing it pulling it pulling the guts out going through the organs all that that was that was really cool and uh mats we cut open to see the jewels and everything inside of it right mine i brought that back here and did that here so i took a little time and found corn in it and and all that got all that washed out but 
like that's that's a whole different type of intimacy with an animal you know like getting to spend that time see what they were about see see all that breaking them down uh to vacuum seal to put in bags and everything i don't know like that that takes hunting to a more personal level i guess with the animal and i i really enjoyed that that was cool yeah no and i mean and you guys know exactly where i stand on all that stuff where you guys have said it before as soon as as soon as an animal hits the ground my whole attitude changes because <laughs> yeah i mean i love hunting a passion for hunting but i have a passion for butchering and skinning and cooking way more Absolutely. than i do pulling a trigger and so yeah. for me it was fun because you guys allowed me to you know create new recipes you know at camp with your guys's birds which i think is is cool because the guy who owned the ranch hunter when we first got there he was like, yeah, I don't really eat turkey. I don't really, you know, oh, I, I got sausage. Nah. I'll eat that. Tonight. I got sausage. I'll eat that. Yeah. I'm not eating turkey. You know, turkey's blah, 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 dry. You know, the whole thing that I've heard a billion times, like, all right, yeah, cool, whatever, man. You don't need to eat, but this is what we're eating when we're here. And if we don't shoot, we ain't eating. You know, yeah. we're not going to drive into Whataburger and, and you know, get a sandwich, you know, I wouldn't eat that <laughs> one anymore either way because it's raw, um, but it's delicious. But still, it's one of those ideas behind it. And so I remember the first, well, what was the first one I cooked? The, the stuffed turkey, the spinach and cream cheese stuff. Yep, the roulade. Yeah, yeah, well, I was going. And uh, so I cooked that, and I remember put it on the Traeger, and he came out a couple times, and he's like, oh, okay, oh, whoa, you know? And I brought it, and I sliced it, and he went back second time, third time. There was a little yeah. bit left over, and at the end, he's like, I'm going to take this home with me and have my you know family eat it. And, yeah. you know, and I think it's from that moment on, I think our relationship at camp changed with – the ranch owner yeah. because he realized that we weren't just these guys who were here to drink and smoke cigars out by the fire. Like we spend our nights cooking and cleaning. And yeah. even to the fact where he was like, Hey, can I have some of those wing feathers for my, my cap? And you know, or for yeah. his, for his not cap. What do you cowboy guys, hat. what do you guys have? Cowboy hat. You guys don't have caps. Um, yeah, there you go. And <laughs> you know, and then the next night we made, um, another dish and then the, or no for lunch we had the pulled yeah for lunch yeah, the pulled was on the fries the pulled fries and matthew was napping because he's a baby and needs his <laughs> needs his beauty sleep i do need my sleep that's pa- i was telling my wife that if it's past nine o'clock he becomes a pumpkin he's like mm-hmm. it's past nine o'clock. i need to go do it I'm, I'm not a late night person and then it's like two o'clock or noon we come back and he's like i need to go take a nap um and it's so cute because he's like crawls into his crib and gets his blankie and starts sucking his thumb and takes a nap and it's beautiful it's a beautiful sight, uh, but he will sleep towards the wall. Ask him why. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we had those pulled fries, right? And mm-hmm. Cody can attest to it. Like I made, I presented Hunter with what I usually present my wife, right? Like the finished right. plate. And so he yeah. got the beautiful plate that we went and took pictures of. He ate every, every bite, got up, went with the same plate and Made, he, he even said, well, Matt's sleeping, so he's bowl. missing out. Yeah. Like, that's his exact words. Like, Matt's sleeping, he's not getting any of this. And yeah. he just made another giant bowl and sat there, and he's like, these are not turkey legs. These are not turkey thighs. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I put him in I put him in this morning at 6 o'clock when we, before we left for camp or yeah. before we left to hunt, and you've been smelling them all day long, you know. And then that night, we ended up having the, the bourbon ones. And, again, he oh, went back, and he ended up taking all the leftovers home. Like, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And so it's funny that for us, we go there to, to do it. You know, Matt went and shot his bird and half his bird got eaten while we were there. Yeah. But in his mind, it built a new guy who now is excited about Turkey. And he's like, Oh, I might set up some Turkey stands. Yeah. And, 
Now he's going to look at his property differently for Turkey. Right. Cause right now they're just a nuisance that are eating his, you know, his stuff and scratching stuff. But now he's looking at it as a meal. And remember before we left, he's like, man, I'm going to set up a Turkey blind and I'm going to set up this and I'm going to get this Turkey. And I think it was exciting for probably you guys to see that change also, because I see it all the time with people that that food changes them. Um, And then I think Cody, you got to, did you take home and cook any of that Turkey when you got home? I've got, I've got just the breast left in, uh, in bags that I've already cubed up. So I'm going to fry those up to make little like chicken nuggets for my kids to, or turkey nuggets for my kids just for quick meals and the ease of life. Yeah. I got the other half of his breast. Uh, my father-in-law wants me to do the roulade with it. He saw that picture and he goes, you're making that for me. I said, okay. Because did I, did I send you the recipe yet? Yes. Okay. I do have that recipe. Like I should have sent them all over. Yeah. yeah. No, we got them and he saw that and he's been against Turkey. Like he, duck, you don't eat duck. Well, yeah, you do. You, you eat it all. It's, it's always been only oh, you turn white tail into sausage and fried backstrap. That's what you do with it. And it's, since we've started hunting with you, it's been, it's changed his mindset on it. Cause he comes over for dinner and it's like, well, what are you making today? And he likes to cook too. So it's, it's something that me and him get to do together, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, your wife said you don't cook anymore. So <laughs> she did say that. Yeah, She did. She did say that last night Yeah, and she's getting meatloaf tonight. Yeah. Well, that's a cupcake meatloaf. <laughs> I'm not making the Godfather meatloaf, and I'm not too happy about that. Well, you can thank me for that as well. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Are you gonna do the cool? Are you gonna do the candied carrots and everything on top? Sure, why not? Just uh, for you. Look at you. You better go Just home. For you, better, you. you better head home. It's like two o'clock there. You're gonna you're gonna have all day doing some candied carrots. Yeah. For your, for your wife. Get it figured out. It, it's worth it though. She 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 tolerates you. Yeah. She um, does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She loves. I mean, me loves you. Carrots. Sorry. Tolerate love either. She or. loves me to go hunt a lot. Yeah. Well, it, well, it is funny too, because I think even you, Matt, were telling me that like your wife wants you to go shoot. Like you had a chance to shoot an access deer when we were there mm-hmm. and you second guess yourself, second guess yourself. And then you come home, your wife's like, you son of a gun should have shot yeah. the damn thing. I, I, shoot that? And she didn't care about the size of it. She didn't care about the antlers. She didn't, she wanted like that hundred pounds wanted the meat. in there. But I think it's awesome because as you said, your wife's family doesn't really eat much yeah. wild game, right? And so I bet your wife wasn't big into it as either. And when you made that transition, like how have you seen her get into that? And I mean, you guys went for your anniversary last year to go hunt. Yeah. I think it's uh, she shot a, a beautiful axis last year. Uh, she's always wanted to shoot an axis. So for our anniversary last year, we went and found an axis for her. it. <laughs> took a lot, a whole lot of effort. They're, they're ghosts. That was a lot of fun. But coming back from uh that that was a really fun experience because the property we're at it was 150 acres um but with access that doesn't matter they're (laughs) they're very skittish and they hide very well and i'm half blind so i can't really see them anyway but we got back and this 70 year old man owned the property um we got her an access and he showed up with his bucket and he goes okay well i'm gonna start gutting it and i was like no this is my favorite part let me handle all this. And he sat there with me and we walked through on crowning out the backstrap, breaking down a back leg. And he's like, I've never seen anybody do it this way. I've always just taken a whole leg, thrown it in a trash bag and taken it to a processor, just always quartered it. And that was it. And that was different from my standpoint because I just had a guy that's 50 years older than me, this whole brand new lifestyle of it. 
and I still talk to him and um, the freeze hurt his hurt a little bit, but he's starting to rebuild it and getting ready to go again. And he's, he's an awesome guy that just enjoyed the learning of it. Cause a lot of the old timers in our, in the hunting industry are stuck on their way and they ain't ever going to come off of it. So it was cool to see somebody actually perk up and start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I find that that's huge on everything. I mean, even with you guys, you guys were one way until you guys weren't mm-hmm. two years. I mean, it's only been two yeah, years, two years. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so it's, it's cool to see how you guys have grown, but it's, it's amazing when I go to most of these camps or talk to most of these people because it's like, ah, oh, this is this way. And then all of a sudden it's not, you know, and then I'm getting text messages from these guys that have giant ranchers are like, Hey, so this guy shot this. How does he cook this? How does he do this? What is he, what part of this? And, and I'm like, dude, but these guys, again, they're in their sixties. They've been running a ranch since they were 12 yeah. and I'm getting their, they're texting the kid from California, you know, who's only, who's only big game hunted for 11 years now yeah. about how to break down a certain, aspect because a guy one of their clients wants it you know and so i think it's fun and that now you guys can pass on that that knowledge and again it doesn't matter what age they are it's he's now going to look at it differently and he's going to now assume that you know when when people that don't want to do it he's like well hey let me tell you what you can get out of it it's not it's not just ground it's not just sausage it's yeah here's some options yeah 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 cool anything else you guys want to talk about that turkey hunt Anything else kind of cross your guys' mind or things you learned, things that were frustrating, things that, you know, you kind of took away from the whole experience itself? I think we both feel more confident now um, on a call. Yeah. Whether it be a box or a slate or whatever, as long as it's not a mouth call. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I I feel like either one of us could – we. We both feel confident. If I was to go turkey hunting this weekend, I could go by myself and give myself decent opportunities to get a turkey. And I think Matt feels the yeah. same way. You know, we everything we learned over that weekend, we retained enough and we feel confident enough to take ourselves out and put ourselves in a situation to get another turkey. Right. Without hesitation. Absolutely. I've- I agree with everything Cody just said on that end. And now comes your dry spell of Turkey, like mini Turkey. <laughs> I, was talking, right, yeah. I was talking to my buddy TJ and it was funny cause he was, uh, he was telling me that like he went out his first time and he shot his, a Jake and he was like, this is easy. This is, Oh man, I got this. He's like, I didn't shoot a Turkey for the next three and a half years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's so true. Like when I shot my first Turkey, I'm like, finally I got this Turkey. It's going to switch. And then it's like, damn it, I can't shoot a turkey to save my life. And, you know, a turkey's still an animal, and they're still going to do it. But now that you have the tools in your bag and the things you've learned, like every guy I hunt turkey with, I learned something new. Like I've learned something from every every buddy that I have this turkey hunter. I try to Mm -hmm. take a little bit of knowledge from them because I'm like, oh, this bird works differently, and this is how they they do it. You know, even the scraping and the scratching on the ground to get the birds, it changes up the volume. It changes up the thought process of that bird. So, right. No, I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited to see you guys do it. And I'm excited to get back out there next week with you guys and hopefully shoot one myself. Um, yeah. But in all honesty, I could care less if I shoot another turkey. It was so much fun to watch you guys shoot yeah. those turkeys. And I said it a ton of times because I know that Matt was like, dude, I'm sorry. I go, I don't care, dude. Like, yeah, I literally, I, I did not care at all. There was no ounce of me that was like, man, I really wish. Even getting home with somebody, I was like, oh, Matt shot this, Cody shot this. And we, 
He's like, what about yeah. yours? I was like, ah, I didn't get a chance. But this, this, you know, but, but even <laughs> yeah. I got to sit individually with you guys in pursuit of mine. Like I got to sit with Matt and we got to talk. And he was like, this is poison ivy or poison oak. I'm like, no, it's not. He's like, look. And he's like, no, I guess it's not. Um, yeah. He's even looking on his phone. He's like doing like reverse, reverse, reverse nope, image search. Right. He's like, ah, oh, it's no, it is. Trust me, we're going to die. It's like, just sit your butt down and relax. <laughs> but then I get to go out, you know, and drive around with Cody and try to find, find birds and, you know, yeah. kind of sit and talk. And to me, that's all kind of the whole fun of it. And, you know, I, turkeys are my obsession. I mean, all birds are, to be honest with you. Um, and so to get other people obsessed with it that want to go out and do it with me is kind of fun yes. because then it, then it's not, you know, an obsession that's unhealthy. It's like, well, it's a friendship. I got to go hang out with these guys. Yeah. They gotta yeah. go. got to go. It's friendship. It. It's not just like, Hey honey, I'm going to go out again. She's like, really? Again, do you not see all yeah. the fans you have all over the whole house? I'm like, yeah, but Matt and Cody want to go out. So I'm going to fly to Texas <laughs> and go out. Hey, TJ wants me to go up to Washington. I'm going to go next week. She's like, Oh, whatever. Uh, yeah. so, but no, thanks for having you guys on. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate the friendship. I, I appreciate being invited to go on that hunt. Um, because thanks for the knowledge. I, yeah. again, like I said, it was fun to go. It was fun to be a part of it. Um, just to sit there and watch, you know, Matt shoot his first pig, you know, and get to take home that meat. And again, he was grumpy Gus, but now he's excited for all the meals he can cook with that, that pig. Um, any more the Turkey, just being able to share those meals and ideas with you guys. And get honest feedback because, again, you're like, eh, it didn't work. But good thing yeah. all three of those, you're like, eh, they work. I'm like, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, they were all pretty fantastic. <laughs> so they all, they all checked out. But anyway, so tell everyone where they can find you guys, what you guys are all about, uh, if they haven't listened or know where you guys are because you guys are huge. Um, yeah. yeah. Such a massive following. All so, like 1,200 people so on we- <laughs> the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tell me they can find you guys out, what you guys do, uh, and how they can support you guys if it's a company listening or an individual. Yeah, so we are West Texas Outfitters, the two of us, um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, we're not good at making those, but we have it. And uh, I think that's our social medias, right? Yeah. We have a Twitter, but it, it's not even it's worth all, looking it, at it, unless you're into that. It's all about football. Um, yeah. But no, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at West Texas Outfitters, um, westtexasoutfitters.com to find our cool website, I guess. Um, but I'll let Matt break down what we do, I guess, and who we support and how we do it. All right. So, yeah, uh, we take veterans and first responders hunting. Um, that's pretty much the short sum of it. Some of it. But uh, – yeah, uh, we do a lot with the Danny Deets Foundation. Um, we don't really take a lot of donations for monetary-wise. So uh, if you are looking to donate, uh, please look at the Danny Deets Foundation. They are amazing. Um, Danny Deets was a lone survivor, which a lot of people have seen the movie. Um, that is probably the biggest organization that we support. Um, we got an event coming up with them here in a couple weeks. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but, yeah. If anybody's interested, reach out to us. We, If not, just talk hunting with y'all. Talk life. Yeah, shoot us a message. We enjoy talking about hunting. If you have questions, we hunt totally different than anybody else. Um, well, I, not anybody else. I'm sure there's other people that try to have as much fun as we do and act like they have as much fun as we do, but they don't. Um, but, yeah, like the way we do it, we 
we can truly cater to any kind of physical disabilities somebody might have when when we go hunting um, we can cater to sitting in a blind we can drive around and and find the deer on the property it's 36,000 acre ranch they're not just in every corner um, and there's mornings they don't even come to the feeders so it's it's not the easiest way of hunting but we we do have options when it comes to getting people in a position to shoot a whitetail um, we do predator hunts in the evenings um, when the birds are working we can find some quail dove whatever find them more and more hogs but veterans first responders are the group we we try to cater to and reach out to the most and then uh, teaming up with from field to plate doing hosting the classes at the ranch uh, when given that opportunity it was a great time this past January and I look forward to doing that again for sure yeah I think one thing we have coming up we are going to throw some more classes but one thing we're going to do is we are going to do a veterans uh, wounded uh, yep a wounded yeah. veteran hunt where we're going to take out um, guys and gals, whoever comes out, whoever we choose or whoever gets chosen for us through these foundations um, yep. that have, you know, amputeed in some sort uh, of way, take them out and give them a from field to plate class um, on us, which I think is huge because we, we focus a lot on getting kids out and getting vets out who are just like, ah, I'm just a vet, but like the, the people who really need it and really, again, like you said, we can put somebody in a car and drive them around and find a deer if they're uncomfortable with whatever. Right. And I've helped you, you've helped me where we've created mounts for the guns to set in on your guys' rigs. So even if they only have one arm, they can still get on there and it'll still be steady um, with with aiming so that people can get on there. Uh, People that need to sit in blinds because for some reason they don't, it's not comfortable bouncing around on a truck. We're going to have that all set up and do do whole classes with them um, with some really cool sponsors that are really stepping up to give us some donations on that kind of stuff. So yeah. keep, keep your eye out for that. We're still planning on some dates, but yes. we'll post that as soon as we can. You'll be a excited. So go ahead and go follow those brothers over um, at West Texas Outfitters and really get them, um, give them your love. I know that I give them my love. And if you want to give them a little pat on the head again, they like being called short. So, that's it's right. really, really easy. It. You can just walk by and pat them on the head and they look up at you with like a big smile, like a little two-year-old. That's Puppy dog guys. School. So, all right, guys. Again, thank you so much for being on the podcast and I can't wait to get back out to the ranch and yes, uh, cook some cool meals with you guys. Absolutely. Yep, looking forward to it. And for everyone out there, tune in for the next episode. What is it going to be? I have no idea, but can't wait to have Let's you see. listen. Later.